Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and His anointed. Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. The man of God is no stranger to persecution. He has felt the stress and the pain of hostility and ill treatment since the days of Cain and Abel. Our wretched species is so made that those who walk the well-trodden path always throw stones at those who are showing a new road. Numerous biblical examples are given to us to teach us and to encourage the oppressed Christian how to live a life that is considered by some to be scandalous. Israel captive in Egypt and Babylon. Jesus and His disciples on their three-year mission. The prophets, Stephen, Peter and John, are just a few of those examples to remind us of the hatred and the unjust treatment that can come by following God. First century Christians were scattered by the havoc that Saul made them in Acts chapter 8. The havoc that Saul made on them in Acts chapter 8. And in history we read of how Christians were dressed in animal hides Dogs were turned loose upon them to tear them to shreds to their death. They were crucified, burned on those crosses to light the night. Domitian, a Roman ruler, has said and has recorded that he had his own family members killed just because he assumed that they were Christians. Tertullian, also in Rome, made this statement. If the Tiber rises too high or the Nile too low, the answer is always feeding Christians to the lions. Now we may smile and snicker at that comment. Those were our brothers and sisters being persecuted on this earth because of Christ. If you live in such a manner as to test the time of the last judgment, you can depend upon it that this world will speak ill of you. Peter said in 1 Peter 4.12, Don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Brethren, we have to expect persecution. It's not unusual And if we are not receiving some sort of ridicule for our beliefs, we are probably doing something wrong. Timothy said, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He didn't say might. He didn't say could. But he said will suffer persecution. All this that I have said so far is nothing new to us. We've heard the stories about the past persecutions. 
We've even heard about the present beheadings that are taking place. For the forcing of people off of cliffs. The suings that are taking place for not accepting the diversity of our society. And the jailings. Our society and our government is changing so that we today recognize the inevitable. Persecution is coming. Persecution is coming to those who follow after Christ. And maybe someday we have to worship in secret, just as they did in the first century. My question for you this evening is, are you ready? Are you ready for that day when persecution is coming? Have you prepared yourself? Are you donning your spiritual armor that will give you the knowledge, the faith, the protection, and the boldness to withstand the fiery darts of the devil? It's time for boldness to get a makeover. Because God's Word tells us that it is good to be bold. Boldness can be risky, quite risky for a Christian, but only if we do it on our own. Proverbs, the 28th chapter and verse 1 says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. We have nothing to fear when we have Christ on our side. So the way to be bold during upcoming persecution or present persecution is for us to be bold now. It's not to wait until later, but it is now is the time to be bold. So I'd like for you to consider with me this evening the where, the what, and the when of boldness. The where, the what, and the when. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I cannot, I cannot, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock. I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I'd like to look at verses 11 and 12. Here Paul is teaching us about how all good things come through Christ Jesus. And verse 8 through 11, he mentions the grace that has been given to us, and the unsearchable riches that come in Christ Jesus, the fellowship of the ministry, and, and all those things that are created by Him, and the intent now of the manifold wisdom of God that comes through Him. And in verse... Uh, 11, he says, "...according to the eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him." Where do we get boldness? It's only through our Lord and Savior. It's only through confidence in Christ Jesus, that we can become bold. Christ Jesus is where we get it, and boldness comes through our confidence in Him. 
Jesus gave us the ability to approach God in the holiest of places. To go before His throne. He gave us that boldness. Do we trust Him to supply us with the boldness we need now to combat the issues of life? If I can stand before God Almighty, the great I Am, without any concerns, can I not face the persecution that comes upon me today? In Christ Jesus, yes. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says that we are not to cast away our confidence. Now, why would I not cast away my confidence? Because this text goes on to say it has great reward. In Mark chapter 6, in verse 3, Jesus has gone back into His own country to Nazareth to do some work there. And the people said this about Him. Is this not the carpenter's son? The the son of Mary? And the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not His sisters here with us? And the next statement they made stands out. So they were offended at Him. They cast their confidence in Jesus Christ away from them. They didn't want anything to do. They did not rely upon Him. They did not want to learn of Him. They did not want anything to do with Him. He's just that carpenter's son. And because of that, what it says in verse 5 is huge. They said, it says there that He could do no mighty work there. So if you've put that into our own thinking today as a Christian, needing boldness in Christ Jesus, knowing that it only comes through Him, if I'm casting Him away, if I'm not utilizing Jesus as the one to gain my confidence and my strength, there's no great work that He is going to be able to do in your life when it comes time for you to be tried. We have to rely on Jesus for our boldness. They were offended at Him. We need not be offended by Him. Has Jesus just become an everyday Joe to us? Is He just an icon in our lives that we look upon just every once in a while when we think we need Him? Jonathan Fincher, who that is, I have no clue. But I like the quote. And when she said this, I believe it's a female, said this, I do not know either. But the quote goes as follows. In 30 years, Christians will have baptized their picture of Christ. He won't be a nice, banal, meek, and bearded man with softly permed hair. We've all seen the pictures, right? Yeah. Instead, He will fill our imaginations more solidly, more invasively, more unexpectedly. Christ will become that man who changes people. Someone who jumps off of bumper stickers and out of those mediocre praise songs that we sing and into the lives of men. I like that quote. He's going to be somebody that's changing people. And He has to be in our life and change us in order for us to become bold. 
Don't cast him away. Let him change you. Let's go to Romans chapter 13. And look at verses 11 through 14. And do this knowing the time is now. It is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lust. We rely way too much on the flesh. I rely way too much on me and the power that I can do as a man. We all rely upon these things on this earth that are fleshly to give us confidence. Whether it is education, it is career, it is stature in our society, we rely on those things to give us confidence and those things will fail when it comes to our life and persecution that is coming. Christ Jesus is where we will get boldness. When David stood before Goliath, he knew where his boldness came from. He said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were getting led to the fiery furnace, they said, our God will deliver us from the furnace and from your hand, O king. Where was their confidence? It was in their God. And ours needs to be there also. When God tells us that He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, this can only come from Christ. In Isaiah chapter 41, in verse 10, God speaks to the prophet. He says, I am with you. I am your God. I will help you. I will uphold you. Where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to save me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? In Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon tells us, the importance of understanding the knowledge of the Lord. And he says in verse 26, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Where do we get our boldness? We get it from our Lord. Well, what about boldness? Boldness comes from Christ, but it takes action on our part. It takes action for us to become bolder. So the question is, what are you doing? What am I doing to become bolder as a Christian? We are often ridiculed by coworkers, by friends, by neighbors, or by family members when we talk about Christ Jesus. And we usually respond 
by hiding our Christianity. We shy away from the conversation. We turn the conversation into something else but the conversation at hand. Why do we do this? It's hard to talk about something that you know nothing about. It's hard to talk about something that you don't have any knowledge about. So where's the action at when it comes to being bolder? I've got to gain some knowledge about God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Honey, I think it's time to remodel the living room. You get this scared look on your face, man. So the couch is moved out, the footstools, the recliners, everything but the walls. And then she finds out there's hardwood underneath the carpet. We better refinish that too. So you spend hours on your knees on your hands with blood, sweat, and tears remodeling the living room until it is... Well, then maybe you call Rick Dykeman and have him come and paint it. <laughs> but you've got these nice, colorful walls, a fresh splatter of paint on the ceiling to make it bright. And what do you do with it when it's finished? Stand there and look at it? What a nice room we have. No, we start putting some treasures in it, don't we? Maybe Grandma's Corner Curio would look nice over here. And maybe, a, maybe we had enough money left over to go buy a, a new couch. Or, or, or maybe a, 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 a tractor chair stool. Some, <laughs> something that is of grave importance to us. We're going to put things in that room, aren't we? Because we're going to use it. And we're going to enjoy it. And it's going to be beautiful because it's been swept clean and taken care of. Have we neglected to fill our hearts with the knowledge of the Bible? Have we had our souls swept clean of the sins of our life and we just let it sit there empty, never filling it with anything that will keep us from stumbling or allowing anything to come back? Do we feel ashamed for not being able to give a defense when the questioning of our hope takes place, fill your heart with treasures that are in heaven. If many of you know me, I really don't embarrass very easily. But one of my most embarrassing moments of my life was when I was in a conversation with a man from another belief system who could outquote who could outthink and plain outdid me when it came to that spiritual conversation. I felt sick, ashamed, and embarrassed 
that I could not tell him what the word says about those false teachings he was throwing at me. I needed to gain some knowledge. I needed to have something to give me boldness and confidence when it came to speaking about God. Well, Alan, I've got some goals set. I've got some goals to fill that room up with something. That's good. It's good to have goals. If you don't do anything with those goals, that's bad. Don't just set goals and never fill your house. If left swept and clean and empty, it will be filled at some point. But what will it be filled with? The tiniest of action is always better than the boldest of intentions. Your plans and goals don't scare the devil one bit. But your courage to pursue your plans and your goals will keep him on the run. Be bold and make it happen. Let's go over to Acts chapter 4. Peter and John have been arrested, taken before the Sanhedrin council, scolded for preaching the name of Jesus. And in verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. The Sanhedrin saw a uniqueness in these two guys. Something interesting about them. And it was that they were uneducated, untrained men, capable of standing up with boldness and talking about this guy, Jesus. And then they realized something. They'd been with Him. They'd been with Jesus. They saw that they had a relationship they had gained strength from Him. They knew Him. And they were able to be like Him. Have you been with Jesus lately? Do you have the same attributes or characteristics that John and Peter had from being with Jesus? Giving you boldness and confidence to stand up and speak what is true and right. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Psalm chapter 1 spoke of this morning already. <clears throat> he meditates on that day and night. Are we spending time with our Lord to the extent that we are meditating on Him? We are gaining strength from Him and confidence from Him. What are we doing to become bolder in our spiritual lives? Colossians 3.6 talks about our speech being seasoned with salt so that we may know how to answer. Are we, are we putting a little seasoning on there daily? Are we seasoning up our spiritual life? Or is it just blah? I wasn't ridiculed this evening, but I was talked to about salting 
my food before I tasted it. And the, the wise man said, you know, J.C. Penney would not have hired you. That was one way J.C. Penney chose his new employees. He'd take them out for lunch, and if they salted their food before they tasted it, he wouldn't hire them. He didn't trust them, I guess. They didn't trust the food or something. But interesting. Are we salting? Are we seasoning our spiritual lives? Are we doing anything to gain boldness? We know where it comes from, but we have to put action with knowledge. When we gain knowledge, we will build confidence to overcome the problem of hesitation. Verse 2 of Psalm chapter 1 says that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Can you envision this tree just a little bit? Tall, lush, green, great big trunk, deep roots, just a beautiful tree. Healthy because of the continual nutrients that it's taking in. Remember, it's talking about the man who meditates on the word day and night. He shall be like this. Strong, green, (laughs) tall, big trunk, roots deep. This is the picture of a man who has been in the word and meditates on it day and night. Always feeding on the rich nutrients that comes from the word of God. Capable of withstanding the winds and the storms that rage it. And most importantly, it brings forth fruit. It brings forth fruit. And that's what God is seeking from us. Dwight L. Moody said, When you find a man meditating on the words of God, my friends, that man is full of boldness and is successful. One thing you can do to become bolder is to become more knowledgeable. We are limited by our knowledge, not by courage, but rather by our knowledge. One other thing I'd like for you to consider in what it takes to become bolder is to rediscover who you are. Rediscover you. Have you ever got up in the morning and and looked in the mirror and said, what is that? (laughs) Who is that? What are you doing? You've changed. You're different. I've done it. I'm not the same man I was 20 years ago, and I hope none of us are, both physically and mentally. You are different. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Look at, look at verses 8 through 11. Ephesians 5, 8 through 11 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Are we walking in the light? Who are you in Christ Jesus? Are you dabbling in darkness? You know, I used to be afraid of the dark. And I used to be afraid of the things that the dark could do to me. And I'm talking about the world. 
and those around me that might ridicule me or hurt me in some way or vandalize my property or cause me to quit my job. But I'm not afraid of the dark because I'm the light and I get to expose the light. I get to expose the light and because I get to expose it, the dark is afraid of me in Christ Jesus. Don't forget who you are in Christ. Here's a few descriptive terms that the Bible uses about us. We are light, of course. Salt, children, priests, saints, servants, sheep, soldiers, sons, vessels for honor, and witnesses. Just a few. Understand your individual strengths and weaknesses. Who are you? Reevaluate yourself. Because you know what? Gary might be a little bit better servant than what John is, a sheep. But John might be a better sheep than Gary. And we can help one another whenever it comes to these. When we look at each other and we know each other and we know our individual self and what we can and can't do, what our limitations are, we can become stronger and understanding this will give us the ability to move beyond them and build confidence that leads to boldness. People who choose to be bold are inspiring. Not because they get big things accomplished, but rather because they initiate growth, progress, and movement in themselves and others around them. So pick your strong point. Build on it so you can use it in your time of adversity. Rediscover who you are in Christ Jesus. Well, it comes from Christ. We've got to put some action with it. And now it comes down to when. When are you going to become bold? When are you going to get it? Ephesians chapter 5 again in verse 17. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Back up a couple verses. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is that we redeem the time while we're here. When do we start being bold? Now. It's now. The day is at hand. It's here. There's no time other than the time of today. But I'm guilty of not doing it. See, I'm lazy. I'm stubborn. I'm disobedient. And I'm focused on worldly things more than spiritual things. You can make your own list. But I kind of shared my heart with you tonight. I've got problems when it comes to being bold that I've got to work out. And we have to recognize those and face them. Whatever you can do or you can dream to do, begin it. Start it. If you've been thinking about starting that Bible study with your friend, just never have taken that step. 
Do it. Start it. If you've needed to stand up and speak out against the language or the humor in your workplace, do it. Confidence is what we get when we take fear and we face it and we replace it. Taking fear, face it, and replace it with boldness. Peter and John in Acts chapter 4 and verse 29 prayed, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant Your servants that with all boldness they may speak Your words. Pray for that boldness too. And God will give it to you in closing this evening. Christianity is anything but safe. Jesus made it clear that trouble and persecution stood in the future for His followers. Boldness comes from having confidence in Christ and building our knowledge of Him and His Word. Boldness is knowing who we are and what we can do. Being bold is having the courage to speak out against what is wrong, no matter what other thinks or says. It's doing God's will and continuing on that path that is put before you, regardless of the hardships that you may face. When you are bold and you know that God is always on your side, there is never a reason to fear. Psalm chapter 27 and verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Have you tried Jesus? Have you tried Jesus when everything else has failed? Seems like we'll try anything and everything but going to the Lord when we have issues in our life. We might try gossip. Eating, drugs, alcohol. You want me to name more? I think we get the point. We'll try absolutely everything until we're clear to the bottom of the barrel. And then we cry out, Lord, help me. But trying Jesus first will make a huge difference in your life. You won't have to go through the consequences of sin or the pain and suffering that follows for years to come. So if you're here this evening and you have not tried Jesus as your Savior... Please do that. He's the only Savior, so there's no trying about it. But accept Him as your Savior. And you can start your path as a Christian, gaining confidence and boldness for a reward that comes with that. Or if you need Jesus in any other way or help from this congregation, make it known as we sing, Try Jesus.